0: Science fiction has helped society look to the future with shows like Star Trek, Doctor Who, and Battlestar Galactica, and movies like Star Wars, The Matrix, and The Avengers have helped us pioneer the use of new technologies and to never give up on the human spirit. Fantasy stories like The Lord of the Rings, The Chronicles of Narnia, and even the game Dungeons and Dragons have helped us look at the past with an open mind, but have led us to question the fundamental principles of like good and evil, right and wrong, reality versus fantasy, and to question our morality versus our humanity. Cosplay has always blurred the lines between science fiction, fantasy, and reality. For those to participate in the hobby, advancements in technology have caused more and more people to participate in cosplay. With the addition of 3D and resin printers, it's even easier to make and mass produce the costumes and props from our favorite TV shows and movies. To the public the ever-expanding worlds of science fiction and comic book conventions have led to more and more cosplayer interactions this podcast is your exclusive space for science fiction news this podcast is your place to catch up on the world of fantasy this podcast is your place to talk about the role of cosplay this podcast is the galaxy has Folks, welcome to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We are back. Well, Uh, sort of. So there's two of us in the studio tonight. I have with me Austin the Inquisitor. I apparently decided to jump in there early. Hi there, folks. And I am Bob Crispin, your host. So we have two things we're going to talk about with you tonight. And I know there's like, what? There's like a ton of things to talk about. You guys have been gone forever. Like, I get it, but suck it. We're going to talk about two things. So if you like it, great. If you don't like it, great. I guess click on to the next podcast. I don't know, but this is is what it is. So tonight we're going to talk about the Spider-Man No Way Home movie. That's right. We're going to talk about it. If you haven't seen it, then skip the first half of this episode. I'm actually going to say this. Go see it, damn it. Then come back here because you should. Uh, Then we're going to talk about the next episode, at least to us of Falcon and Winter Soldier. I was going to say I mean, Walker it- and Winter Soldier. <laughs> Apparently, I wanted to be Walker, Texas Ranger. Uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. We're going to talk about season one, episode, what is this, three? Episode four. Four, sorry. The number right. The whole world is watching. Sorry, four. Four, not, not, not three. three. Okay, so let's get to it. So, we have seen Spider-Man No Way Home. Matter of fact, we went and saw it at the theater. I was kind of happy that we got yeah. a chance to take and some was time. were sitting next to each other, which just made it even better. It did. <laughs> we got a chance to take some time during the holiday break and actually go out and watch Spider-Man No Way Home. I wanted to take a little bit of time before we, like, spoiled the crap out of it, because... Well, I wanted to give you guys a chance to go see it. And if you haven't seen it, for goodness sake, go see it. It's one of the better Marvel movies, I think, in a while. And that's why I wanted to talk about it, because there's a lot that happens in the movie. There's a lot that it sets up for the future. Mm -hmm. And honestly, wow. I think Sony may have just, like, burned the Marvel MCU. And I think Sony might actually be ahead of Disney on something. And I'm like, wow. And I get it. Disney helped them in this process, but uh, this was a good movie. All right, so let's get to it. We're reading the plot right off of Wikipedia. I know, I know. People tell me not to use Wikipedia, but. Uh, it's accurate. People could change it anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever. So far, it's the most accurate plot that's out there. And if you don't like it, well, go change Wikipedia. Wow, that was actually like. I did that too well. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sorry. Here's the plot. So, after Quentin Beck frames Peter Parker for murder and reveals his identity as Spider-Man. Now, when we talk about Quentin Beck, that is... Mysterio. Mysterio, right? But did we see Mysterio anywhere? I didn't... We did. Basically, it was because it's the digitized suit with the drones that Oh, okay, Mysterio. that's right. Yeah, at the very beginning. Okay. Yes. Real, reveals his identity as Spider-Man. Parker, his girlfriend MJ, best friend Ned Leeds... And ant may are interrogated by the Department of Damage Control. Yeah, that's what the government needs—more departments. Thanks, <laughs> and more departments about damage control I just and incident damage control. Now, you know, can you imagine if we had damage control now? Well, oh, I think that's Saki. That would be the. <laughs> d- yeah, you might be right. That might be the one, like one-person damage control department. She comes up. She's doing damage control. Hi, like I'm that's the it. Department of Damage Control. It's the Department of Me. Okay, go on. Me and I. <laughs> Lawyer Matt Murdoch gets Parker's charges dropped. Now, before we even move on from just that statement alone, can I just say thank you for keeping the original Matt <laughs> Murdoch from, <laughs> da- da- from thank the Daredevil you TV for show? Taking the, the Daredevil Matt Murdoch from Netflix series and dropping it into the Spider-Man series. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm just glad they didn't use Ben Affleck's version. Now, there has been a gigantic debate online. Does this mean all of the Netflix shows are part of the MCU, or is it possible they still aren't part of the MCU? I what do you think? They're think they're going to pick and choose. They like the Daredevil, and obviously, because, I, should I spoil Hawkeye? Well, uh, yeah, we're not going to review Hawkeye, but Uh, Hawkeye. They brought Kingpin into Hawkeye. They did. And it was the two guys from. It was Vincent D'Onofrio's Kingpin, which they brought from the Netflix series. So I think what they're going to do is well, we like these two guys. Luke Cage doesn't want to work with us because he doesn't want to work on movies. He wants to work on TV shows. Okay. We're not going to take the Iron Fist. We're going to dump that. We're probably going to dump Jessica Jones because the show didn't do well in ratings. So we're going to pick and choose which ones were good. And we're going to trash which of those are bad. Well, actually, okay, Jessica Jones did well in ratings, actually. I thought it didn't do so well. I think you're going to dump Jessica Jones because there's a character in Jessica Jones I think they don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole, and that's the Purple Man because he actually is a pretty powerful Marvel character. At one point, and he hypnotized slash control the entire Avengers? and Yeah, and created, yeah he did all sorts and of and crazy And led Iron stuff. Man to create a world of... Uh... Yeah, and I think they're trying to stay away from him. And I, yeah. I, the other thing I think that they might stay away from, and it's kind of a shame because I think we're about to whitewash this character or at least downplay his role. I, I think Iron they're going to... No. I think you're going to see them stay very far away. Very, very far away from the Punisher. Oh. Uh, and I think that's because of the gun issue, the gun debate, all that garbage that, that goes with it. that actually might be a brilliant way to do that, is to have Punisher have to be this very answer to, like why people see the need and necessity of But that's things. why they don't want to bring that character into the Marvel Universe. <laughs> because it will just prove the point. Well, it'll prove the point, right. And and let's face it, you can't do the Punisher without having him at least hold one minigun in the entire... Well, without him being, I mean, rated R. And I think that's oh, yeah. that's completely their issue with Deadpool right now. It's why you have not seen a Ryan Reynolds Deadpool movie well, yet from what come I... out of the MCU, because There's... I just don't think they can do it without it being rated R. There is rumors I have been reading online that Reynolds has been fighting Disney because they keep wanting to censor him. Yes, they want they him, want to, want be him to stop 13. dropping. They want him to stop dropping any curse words under yep. the sun. Yep, they want him to not use any handguns. They want him just using his swords. Yep, and they want him dropping his violence level by fifty, like fifty percent. And he to yep. And Ryan no. Reynolds is telling them, "Nope, that is not the character." And the thing says, is, so you I want actually, me to do Wolverine X Men Origins? Congratulations! I, I actually appreciate Ryan Reynolds fighting back and saying, "No, this is not the comic book character that was written. This is not the way Deadpool is done." Uh, is it going to suck if they? I mean, if they fire Ryan Reynolds, is it going to suck? Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know if you have another actor. Maybe, maybe who has that comedic timing. Maybe Jim Carrey, but it would have to be Jim Carrey of old, and Jim Carrey, for those people who don't know, has gone a little bat crap crazy right now, and I don't think he could pull it off now. No. I don't know if you have an actor, a a comedian that could pull it off. But anyway, so yes, thank you for the Netflix drop. Oh, yeah. Thank you, guys. You actually did something great. So we go on. But the group grapples with negative publicity. What? No. Not at all. (laughs) After Parker, MJ, and Ned's MIT applications are rejected, Parker goes to the New York Sanctum to ask Stephen Strange for help. Now, you know. (laughs) I love the reaction Stephen has of, you didn't think to go talk to them? Right, like you didn't go to MIT. You just came to me. (laughs) I got to admit, like, first off. (laughs) What the hell? All right, I get you didn't get into MIT, and man, life sucks because you didn't get into MIT. But really, you didn't get into MIT. Are. There's how many other colleges in the country? There's how many other programs you could be part of? I don't know. Part of me just says, like, uh, I don't know. Well, this this, would have been a this perfect- part of the the movie pissed me off a little bit because I was like, okay. Yeah, Spider-Man's supposed to be, like, all personal involved, right? Like, it's all supposed mm-hmm. to be about me, me, me. It's a t- particular teenager response. Yeah. But this is where the adult's supposed to step forward. So when he goes to Doctor Strange, I'm sorry, the adult's supposed to say, no? <laughs> yeah, I love how, like, Juan leaves to do something. Technically, we have this, like, drop of, oh, yeah, Juan's a uh, Sorcerer Supreme because, guess what? I blipped. Right. He got it on a technicality. Right. I still think he should get it back, but okay. Yeah, I I would think it would go back, but whatever. Let's just move on from that. He just leaves. He just straight up leaves the film. He's gone. Well, if you notice, too, Juan's been, you know, like Juan showed up in Ten Rings, but then he's gone. He shows up here, then he's gone. What are they trying to say about Juan? The fan theory online is that Juan is going to be the person collecting the new Avengers. That he's collecting the new Avengers team since he's been working alongside. Captain Marvel, All right. and that they're gathering forces because Fury is in space, just chilling with the Skrulls. They need two characters to take up the reins, and it's kind of like, well, we're I gonna... almost wondered if they were using one as the new Stan Lee. Do you get what I was saying? Like, yeah, there's a theory that also says that, but they also there's campaigns online for Brian Reynolds Deadpool to just to show up. Well, like I said, that would I have said I, I, would I don't think that's going happen. <laughs> I would rather Deadpool take on the reins of. I think they're they're Stanley. anyway, their disdain with Reynolds will lead them not to do that. So Strange suggests that a spell would make everyone forget Parker as Spider Man, but it is corrupted when Parker repeatedly requests (laughs) alterations to let his loved ones retain their memories. Uh, (laughs) So Uh, he changed the spell six times. (laughs) Well, not only that, but okay. So Peter Parker like makes a weird teenage request of an adult. The adult doesn't say no, and then as he's Making the spell warning him about the dangers of the spell, and he goes, Yeah, yeah, do it anyway. But oh, by the way, and this, and oh, by the way, and that, and oh, by the way, and this. If, I'm gonna I mean, to at say that this, part, and this is gonna make Tara mad. It was Tara at like it kind of <laughs> is, yeah. Hey, we're gonna go eat dinner. Could you choose something? Yes, that is absolutely five tariff. orders later. We might actually get the dinner she wants, <laughs> but with everything on the side, you yeah. Know? That, so, that was Tara all the time growing up. That was up. so teenagery, <laughs> but also so teenagery. I mean, it was like- just. Almost bang your head on the wall, kind of teenager. But I go back to why did Stephen Strange even entertain this idea? He even while he's casting the spell, talks about how the multiverse is something that which we know frighteningly little. Well, then why are you messing with it? Right, right. And but I guess that's how the plot of the film works. That is works. the one thing I have a problem with in his film. The only thing I really have a problem with is I just can't believe I don't. For the life of me, cannot figure out why Stephen Strange would have actually done half the things he did in this movie. Because not only does it alter time and space, but it alters reality, the magical world. I mean, it just... It's playing with everything the Infinity Stones can do yeah. and then beyond. And beyond, yeah. It, it makes whatever happened at the snap look like nothing. Yep. Strange contains the spells to stop it and makes Parker leave. Okay, so it's kind of a smart thing. Yeah, he basically put it in a magical box and then just said, what the hell? He put it in a (laughs) lockbox and uh, walked away and said, we'll open this when the internet starts behaving. (laughs) We'll open this when people stop dishing on Boba Fett. We'll we'll (laughs) open our lockbox when we've solved our world crisis problem. Okay, Parker (laughs) tries to convince an MIT administrator to reconsider MJ and Ned's applications. Which I have a question. Why Uh, did you Spider-Man up to the bridge? Why not have tried to, I don't know, catch them at the airport and talk to them for five minutes before they hopped on their plane? Because obviously they're going to be waiting I'm kind of like, okay, I know, okay, I understand MJ's application, but why Ned's? Because he feels guilty that the both of them didn't get in. He's not necessarily worried about himself. Okay, and I get we're trying to show that he's like, you know, a Selfless, superhero, right? trying to right? put them ahead of but him. But part of me is like, why not fight for yourself? If you're going to fight for the other two, fight for yourself too, right? Like, why not all three? Agreed. This but, would have been, I'm sorry, with the whole MIT application being denied, it would have been a perfect way to name drop Oscorp and have, well, we could go apply to Oscorp as interns and start somewhere. Yeah. So anyway, while he's trying to do all this, he is attacked by Otto Octavius. And we mean the original Otto Octavius, played by the guy who played Agreed. Otto Octavius from the original oh, Spider-Man. Yeah. You know, the ones all the way back with Tobey Maguire, Toby Maguire as, as uh, Spider-Man, what? yes. Why did I say Peter? I don't know. Peter Parker, Tobey <laughs> Maguire. So Octavius rips Parker's nanotechnology from his Iron Spider suit, which bonds with his mechanical tentacles and allows Parker to disable them. That was like the shortest uh, fight sequence sequence ever in a (laughs) Spider-Man duel ever. My favorite is he rips the mask off, goes, you're not Peter. Right? (laughs) it's just like that moment of, no. Durr. So as Norman Osborn arrives and attacks, Strange teleports Barker back to the Sanctum and locks Octavius in a cell next to Kirk Connors, which is the Kirk Connors from the amazing Spider-Man film, and this is where the story starts getting complicated. Yeah, now it really gets to start to be like <laughs> twisted and weird, and you're like, what, what, what? Yeah, you're going to start seeing characters from two different other film series just show up. But I liked this, so we'll oh, talk it was about awesome. It. Yeah. So Strange explains that before he was able to contain the corrupted spell, it summoned people from other universes who know Spider-Man's identities. He orders Parker, MJ, and Ned to find and capture them. They are able to locate and tre- retrieve Max Dillon and Flint Marco. Max Dillon, for anyone who doesn't know correctly, it's the Amazing Spider Man's version of Electro.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Flint Marco is from the Maguire series, Sandman. Here's the thing I don't understand here. Mm. He demands. I mean, I'm talking about Strange. That they go find and capture these people because you created this mess. So now you fix yeah, but it. But you're Strange. But you're the person who created the damn spell. Thank you. You're Doctor Strange, <laughs> and he created the spell. You can't write a spell to just do this. I mean, I just. I know it would make for the shortest movie ever, but like. You're Doctor Strange. You can write a oh spell to do the spell backwards we, we, from the spell. We're pulling the Indiana Jones Raiders of the Lost Ark. We movie. are. We're just spelling we putting, the whole movie by- putting one hole in the plot and the yes, entire the thing ruins falls the whole apart. Movie. I'm sorry, but It's the truth. Why couldn't Strange just be like and eh, spell to solve the spell? No, there no, we, we go. Not even that. Not even that. Just not do the spell in the first place. Or yes, at the very first like I star- said at the very beginning when he says, happen, "Hey, I didn't get to MIT happened. and everybody knows I'm Spider-Man. Help me out!" And Doctor Strange's like, "No, no, you, movie you, over. You go. There we go. Spider-Man's <laughs> over. Credits roll. Right. right. I I mean, like, how much uh, money were these tickets? Forty dollars a person. Yes. Yeah, and you're <laughs> welcome." <laughs> Actually, they're pretty cheap. I, now, I know. I If you I'm haven't noticed, most ticket prices for movies are actually going down. That was kind of I was like, I think that's just what? because they're like, well, the the stock market's failing, the no, economy's... I, th- just... I think they're desperate to get people in seats right like, now. Is what it is. please come watch your stuff. <laughs> yeah, please come and buy a gallon. Losing of losing money. Buy a, buy a gallon of soda and like you know twenty tons of popcorn because we need it to survive. So going on. Osborne reclaims control of himself from his split green goblin personality huh? I didn't really uh, I don't know if this was in the Toby Maguire movies but I didn't really see that until this movie and it's really interesting but what's that the Green Goblin was the, a split, the, personality? The split personality thing I don't remember that being in the movie unless, oh it was unless that's just been that long that I haven't watched him I a was while. gonna say you need to go back and watch him again it's been a while. he had a split personality and by okay. the way the original Green goblin. Had a split personality okay, in the so comic books, so, so they're keeping the comic originality. I always kind of thought it was interesting in the comic books, and I, I think I remember this correctly. And it's been a while since I've read the old Spider-Man's. He when he was Green Goblin, he was split personality. He actually had two different, like you know, how you have your bubbles, your talk bubbles, right? In mm-hmm. comics, they were two different colors behind oh. the the talking. So the one would be like this jaded, right? Like um, you know, almost looked like an electro-type thing. Yeah. And that was the the demon talking, and then regular talking, Norman Osborn was a different color, and it was just a regular bubble. Uh, is this where, so. like, the whole... There's, um, there's people who complained about the Deadpool movie that there wasn't multiple voices in his head. Yeah, he Deadpool. Broke the, he broke yes. the fourth wall, and he talked to the audience, so he had those two things going for him. But they wanted to have the multiple Correct. personality. Deadpool issue. was supposed to have multiple personalities within him as well, as part of the split. You know, when he when he when he got his powers, it when, was yeah, a when side he get, effect. He goes crazy part. Of, this part of his going crazy is he has a split personality disorder. And the two voices either are and, super and energetic, himself. crazy, right. and the other one's super serious and trying to do like, right. And he fights and himself, so he'll be in a fight fighting with himself against himself while he's fighting the other person. And this is where why Taskmaster cannot. Um, can't do what he does because can't mimic his abilities right, or even match two, him. There's two people in there fighting to get out, but also to fight to continue the fight. Uh, yeah, and, and and yeah, it is the one thing I kind of feel like they did miss a little bit. Like it's there. But it's it's there, there, but like, it's not. I, I wish they mm-hmm. would give Ryan Reynolds the reins to like go crazier with it, if they could. Maybe even have those voices being vocalized for the audience maybe to yeah, hear, or even if and you have just Reynolds hear it. just doing different voices. Yeah, I was saying is that... like let him hear it, but not necessarily. He doesn't have to say it out loud, but just hear it. Oh yeah, well that's where people on. point to. There's like a back on the PS3, there was a Deadpool game, and the voices would talk, so he could move his eyes to where the vocal boxes would pop right. up. Right. And one was orange, one was white. Yep. Eh, whatever. So let's lost continue topic. on. He goes <laughs> to a feast building, F E A S T. By the way, there's dots between all that. I don't know what that stands for. It's an acronym for basically like a homeless shelter thing. Okay. The, Spir- the Spider Man PS4 video game also has this too. So they're trying to draw that in. Okay. Where May confro- comforts him before Peter Parker retrieves him. So, you know, it's interesting that May's the one that finds him. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was an interesting little, com- you know, commentary on what's going on here. That of all people May's the one that that you know, in the original version May can't stand uh Osborne by the way. Um so for this one's to have May kind of comforting him, it was like, "Whoa, okay." So while discussing their battles with Spider-Man, Osborne, Octavius, and Dylan realized they were pulled from their universes just before their deaths. So that, I thought, was like, okay, now this is an interesting twist because we have all three of these major characters that had moments with Spider-Man, and they were pulled from their lo- their timelines right before they die. Mm-hmm. And, of course, all three of them made major mistakes in order to die, to you- do... Do you realize – did you realize that? So Osborne's yeah. mistake was he trusted too much that, that glider, right, and the glider exploded, and he ended up falling to his death. Octavius, he pulled down the – or he um, he let the energy orb go too far, too long, mm-hmm. and it pulled down the building. I forgot. Yeah. What did Dylan do that – Dylan just, like – Did he overcharge he himself? He overcharged himself and stretched his energy too far. There we go. So it's the same so idea. So he turned himself, like, inside out. Right. So Strange prepares to reverse the contained spell and send the villains back to their respective universes, but Parker argues they should first cure the villains' powers and insanity to prevent their deaths upon their return. So this is where I was kind of like, all right, this now we're na- trying to go a little woke here, okay? Yeah, not all things can be saved. There is no... Ar- there is no Right, there was a sudden need for Peter Parker to feel like he needed to be everyone's savior, right? A- and... And that was almost at the behest of Aunt May. Am I wrong? Like, I kind of felt like that's where it came from. And I was kind of like, no, that's not Peter Parker. That is not how Spider-Man plays out here. There's times where Spider-Man loses control and nearly kills people. We right. only see this at the end of the film, well, agreeably, we're going to get there. He's kind of a, a bitchy teenager, but this point, I was kind of like, no, 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 no. I, I did not like how they went about this part of it. No. And I really thought, this was the one point where I was kind of like, oh, you don't you dare. Like, I was kind of like, they almost lost me for a moment there. Almost lost me for a moment there. So Parker steals the spell, traps Strange in the mirror dimension and, with May, takes the villains to Happy Hogan's apartment. So I was kind of like, okay, where are we going with this? So he cures Octavius, but Osborn's goblin persona takes control and convinces the uncured villains to betray Parker. And this is kind of like, yeah, okay, now we're back to to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah." yeah. So the bad guys who are going to supposedly get cured are the ones that are like, screw you, Parker, we're not getting cured. Well, it was... Which yeah. I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah. And it starts with uh, Electro wasn't feeling right when he's doing the, the energy drain. Right. And then he's feeling the power of the arc reactor in the next room because that's part of his abilities. So the both of them are kind of... That that was already putting him on the edge. Sandman's up there, but he's like... Just chilling. But here's, Sandman didn't really do anything here's wrong. Here's the thing I like that they did to this, that... Okay, you you okay. So here's the cool thing about the whole mm-hmm. movie: you did play to the woke crowd. You got them all bought into this idea, right? Yeah, like, and we're going to save them, right? And then at the last moment, you yank the rug out from under them, and you make everybody else happy by saying, "You know what? Villains be villains." Well that's the thing is bad guys be bad guys. And by the way, that's exactly what I want Marvel to stick to. Stop sticking to this everybody can be saved and everyone's human and I'm sorry there are bad people in this world. Evil cannot be negotiated with. Correct. Evil is evil. It cannot it doesn't get better. I'm sorry. There there are evil people that do not you can't rehab them. I'm not saying you can't rehab People. That's not what I'm saying. You can rehab people. I'm not saying you can't. I'm saying there are evil people in this world that you cannot rehab. No. You can't. No matter what you do, they are just evil to their core. I don't like believing that. But as I've gotten older, I've come to realize that's the truth. And that I think this part really kind of brought that back to light. As much as you want to believe that evil can, you know, that people can defeat evil, you can't. There are people that at their core are just evil. So going on. As Dylan, Marco, and Connors escape, the goblin fatally injures May. Before she dies, May May tells Parker that with great power, there must also come great responsibility. So we knew at some point in time that saying had to come about. I thought we were gonna have a flashback to Uncle Ben dying, but but you know what? I fine. was actually okay I actually with was this. Okay there was there okay were a lot of people yeah. who were like, "No fair! It's supposed to be Uncle Ben." I'm like, you know what? There's different. There is different Spider Verse,s and I was okay with this Spider Verse being like, "All right, Aunt May is gonna say it." Okay, well, so well, what are you gonna tell for who the people? cares who says it? Well, hang on. Here's the Someone best one. Here's it. the best argument I've heard for people who always complained about that, and the people responding to it was like, well, "What about Miles? Miles didn't have Uncle Ben or Aunt May. He had." Older Peter die in his arms and say that you know, just the same line. Just doesn't matter what character comes from. It has to be said in a Spider Man comic. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and I'm you know, and I this idea that it has to be the same way with every story every time. I one of the things I actually appreciate about Spider versus mm-hmm. is that the story alters a little bit each time. So you can oh, yeah. retell the origin story and change it a little bit. It's not like Batman where the same freaking pearls hit the ground <laughs> every damn time. I no, we I can, can actually alter it. I was going to say, I swear her mom's going to, like, the next time the pearls hit the ground, she's just going to Oh, gonna she's going to lose it. Like, I, I'm not going to be able to take, there's no way I can take her to the mo- movies the newest for the next Batman. Batman? No way. Mm-mm. I don't think you nope. want to watch it. Uh, I don't know. I've been back and forth on that one. Do it's... I want sparkly, glowy Batman or don't I? I don't know what I want. Gay. <laughs> right, <I don't>, gay. <laughs> I don't know which one I, I want. are you gay? Uh, I, I I I don't know. I I I have issues, but I also am like curious. You're, like curiously, like, is it going to be good? Is it going to be well? Bad? Okay, the Batman part I don't know. The part that I am curious, more really curious about than anything else. What are they going to do? The villains? Yes, the villains <laughs> actually look interesting to me. I know I'm serious. Like I know they're a little off. off they're out of the box for sure. Oh, yeah. oh, but yeah. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do. Okay. Get back to Spider-Man. <laughs> so Ned discovers that he can create portals using Strange's sling ring, which I was like, what? Well, anyway. that's uh, a new development right. that had no Which he expectations. and MJ try to locate Parker. They instead find alternate versions of Parker from the villains' universe, who were also summoned by Strange's spell and who are nicknamed Peter 2 and Peter 3. Peter 2, by the way, is Tommy Maguire. Peter 3 is Garfield, right? Yeah. That's the guy's name. The group finds... I didn't like that version of Spider-Man. No. <sighs> the Garfield no. version. No. The group finds the universe's Parker nicknamed Peter 1, who is ready to give up and send the villains home. The alternate Parkers share stories of losing loved ones and encourage Peter 1 to fight in May's honor, and the three Parkers develop cures... For the villains, I just love this. I'm gonna say this right. I don't know if you watch the original animated Spider Man series, but this is the meme where all the Spider Man's putting each other, <laughs> kind of. Yes, <laughs> you're right. This entire movie is yeah. just that, <laughs> it is, it's kind of that. All it's, it's, completely... beca- it's been memed online now, so people hey, are gonna, gonna... probably, yes, okay. They've basically sketched some of the outfits to look like the different outfits I of it. the Spider Man. I had to find it, I saw one, it was awesome. It's like Toby, uh, Peter one, Peter two, Peter three, and they're all labeled. Yeah. And the outfits look like right out of the movie. It's awesome. <laughs> so the group: Lord Dylan, Marco, and Connors to the Statue of Liberty. Why the Statue of Liberty? It's such a beautiful thing. Why did we have to destroy it? I don't the, understand. We're not destroying it. They were going to add. Uh, they're destroying. They're it. adding Cap Shield to it instead of. It, well, well, that did bother me. Instead of like, the what? book. Instead of the book, they're putting the Cap Shield up. I'm sorry, that book is important. If <laughs> I'm people so... know anything about the history of the Statue of Liberty, that book should never be replaced <laughs> by the Captain America Shield. No matter how much we love Captain America. Cap would actually be upset about that. No, I'm serious. (laughs) The Cap would be upset. Cap would throw his shield at the shield. He probably (laughs) would. He'd rather see it smashed. Peter 1 and Peter 2 cure Marco and Connors while Octavius arrives to help cure Dylan and Ned frees Strange from the mirror dimension with a portal. So... Yeah, there's a lot going on in this whole fight sequence. I thought it was interesting that Octavius arrived to cure Dylan. Yeah. Like, why Why was he so bent on curing Dylan? And he seemed to want to help a lot more than I really expected Otto Octavius well, to want I, to help. What happened in the apartment is this, the legs were in charge of him. Mm-hmm. So from what the story tries to use, the conical tie-in was the legs have three or four different minds, and they're all trying to do different things. And they were outvoting him? <laughs> Is that So we're it's saying? kind of like five, 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 uh, four gets four on one. four-on-one mind thing? So he wasn't having all control of his mind, mm. and then he was generally a good person prior to it? Oh, so it was like a liar, liar. I'm trying to kill myself. Okay. Pre- pretty much. You, just, it, you, I'm could, you kicking could have most... my mul- own arse. You could have most mul- they there beating like uh, Muppets. Like. Yeah. I don't <laughs> Going on, the goblin appears and unleashes the contained spell, which begins pulling more people in from other universes. Well, we the first line really like condenses a ton of the last 15 minutes of the right. film. Yep. There's actually a point where they're all trying to do the same thing, and they cannot work together. Yeah. They're all used to working alone. Well, I, I did think that was interesting. The, I love the Suddenly, li- love Spider-Man the li- has to learn how to work with Spider-Man. Yeah. Yes. I love the line where he looks at uh, Tobey Maguire and Garfield and goes, I've been on the Avengers. Great was the Avengers a band? Yeah. <laughs> like, there was no conical. Who are the Avengers? What do you and, mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and that's just like, is throwing shade at the fact that both of them are, they never had the Avengers series. There was never an Avengers in their timeline. As right. well as the fact that we also have Peter 3 make fun of the fact that he fought a gigantic Russian guy in a rhino suit. Yes. That is thrown out there at like. Le- okay, at least they had some humor yeah. about the stupidity behind the Garfield Peter, I mean, they the were whole back. scene where they're building. Sorry, their... people, if you haven't seen the Garfield Spider-Man's, it wasn't I... great. Okay, I'll put it this way: you have to go see them. It's kind of like the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> it's so bad you have to go see it to believe that it actually happened because part of you has to say, no, they didn't do that. <laughs> and you got to go watch it so you can say, oh my gosh, they did do that. Oh, like, you, no. you know, like if you really want to, like. Uh... <laughs> blow your mind about the rhino about it not being a huge massive guy in a rhino suit instead of it being a a robot basically in a, a like a Gundam style well no it was a robot suit, suit in that thing but what it's supposed to be is a mutation. it looked like a Gundam suit. Come it, on, it, dude. It, was, it, it looked like a Gundam suit. It kind of looked like a an off-brand Iron Man 1 Gundam. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like an Iron Man wannabe Gundam. <laughs> it was really bad. It was a really bad and fusion. And they put this fat dude in it, and I'm kind of like, how the hell did he fit in the suit, much less, you know, like... I am it, fat Russian. Yeah. It, I am Rhino. Yeah. It, I'm it was, going to bordoz It looked bad. It just looked bad. And then they were kind of like, well, we're going to introduce that while we've got Sandman and who are the other... Oh, no. What we were that, all the bad guys in that one. It was that. There one was like was, four of them. That was the end of the second film where Dylan popped up as Electro, right? Which was Electro 2.0 from the modern. But comics. if you remember, Sandman po- ended up showing up there. too. No, Sandman did not show up. I thought he did. Sandman is from the Di- from the. I know McGuire. The, the Ma- there was okay. no Sandman in the Garfield. He Garfields. was in the third Maguire. That's right. Mm-hmm. So who was there then? It was it was Electro. It, it was it was Rhino. Ju- it was just Electro as the main villain. Rhino came in at the after-credits scene as a tease for the third film, which got canceled that Never happened after the second Wait, fail bombed on. at the box hang office. Hang. Uh, lizard was the, the first lizard. film, but he didn't come back in that one either. Mm-mm. I'm telling you, I think the Garfield Spider-Mans had more than just that. I don't think so. Okay, so you had Max Dillon as Electro. Harry Osborne as oh, Green, Green Goblin. Goblin. Remember, was... there was a Green oh, Goblin in that and I thought there was. Oh, yeah, because it was terrible. Right. <laughs> it was a v- bad version. He looked like he just had. That's right. Paul Giamatti was playing the rhino. Ugh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> and his last name is Russian. <laughs> yes, Sistevich. Look, I be rhino. And it was just this weird, like it was at the end of the movie after right. the credits. It yep. was meant he was like attacking of school bus. For of some kids. reason, I thought there were more bad guys in that movie. No. I don't know why. I thought no. There... You're thinking of maybe third, I just... you're thinking of the third Spider-Man Tobey Maguire film. Maybe where there's I am Sandman Venom. You know what? And okay, Mary so here, here's how I probably did it in my head, and I'm serious about this. You fused them too, the right? They were both so bad. I just kind of <laughs> like you know what, I'm gonna put them together as just that awful together. So. <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, so anybody who knows anything about Spider-Man lore, like, what is wrong with these people? I, I don't pay attention to Spider-Man all that much. Don't hate tell us. We're now. just terrible. So let, let's get back <laughs> to the plot because people are, by now are like in circles going, what are they talking about? So Peter one realizes the only way to protect the multiverse is to erase himself from everyone's memory and request that Strange do so. Well that's after the spell just has the uh pumpkinnade. <laughs> oh wait, hang on, i I skipped something yeah, strange attempts to hold them off while an enraged Peter One tries to kill the goblin. well, yeah, that pretty mm-hmm. much is they're on that's the good. they're on the arm of the shield <laughs> yep. in the middle of Peter two stops him, and Peter three helps Peter one inject the goblin with his cure, restoring Osborne's sanity. Peter one realizes the only way to protect the multiverses, where we're back to where we were, is to erase himself from everyone's memory and request that Strange do so, while promising MJ and Ned that he will find them again. Yep. The spell is cast, and everyone returns to their respective universes, including Dun Dun Dun. And I had we had to go watch these movies to kind of see Eddie Brock. He yep. leaves behind a piece of the Venom symbiote. Yep. I'm telling you that's going to be huge later. We're going to talk about that. Two weeks later, Parker visits MJ and Ned to reintroduce himself but decides against it. While mourning at May's grave, he has a conversation with Hogan and is inspired to carry on making a new suit and resuming his vigilanteism. He's also living in an apartment by himself. He is. Now, why is the Venom symbiote such a big deal? All righty. So I think they just gave us a massive, like, Here's the end game strategy. Yeah, here's the pointing arrow. Doot, 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 about what's going to happen at oh, the very what end. What is that sound effect? Um, that was my, my pointing arrow. More like a truck backing it up. Yes, <laughs> back it up. Doot, 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 Okay. Okay, so anybody who knows anything about Spider-Man and understands the symbiote version of Spider-Man knows that Spider-Man started something huge. In the Marvel Universe, when the Venom symbiote finally finds him and combines with him. Mm. And a lot of people forgot about this because it was one of the coolest Spider-Man suits ever, first off. And that was the all-black Venom... With with the white spider. With the white spider logo, Venom Spider-Man suit. Now, what a lot of people forget is when this happens in the Marvel timeline. It's not what happens prior to. It's Secret Wars. It's what happens after. See, the Venom symbiote combining with Spider Man is the introduction to the Beyonder showing up. Mm -hmm. And the Beyonder showing up is the beginning of Secret War. And I think the end of Phase Four is going to be the defeat of Kang, the entrance of the Beyonder in Secret War, and the introduction to the idea that there's going to be a Secret War. Now, Why do I think that's cool on multiple fronts? First off, The Secret War is just awesome. I just love the idea of The Secret Mm -hmm. War. Anybody who's a Marvel fan ever is like, oh, my God, Secret War. Well, they would probably lose, you know, themselves like i would because Mm -hmm. that that was one of my favorite storylines ever is the secret war the secret war is a way to introduce the mutants because the x-men i was just about to say that and some of the villain x-men some of the because one of the ideas behind secret war War was he takes all of the people with special abilities puts them on a planet lets them all fight with each other right wasn't the world like it was a it was a random planet he picked in the middle of nowhere i thought it was formed and, oh, I think the Beyonder made it to put them on that. And the world. other thing yes. is he pulled a few heroes from across multiple different timelines because he even brought Ultron back. I believe so. Yes, and if he I brought remember correctly. The Venom's. Uh, I, I think he. Well, brought... he he. Okay, so certain things that could be brought back were brought back. For example, Ultron was able to be brought back because it wasn't dead. It the the AI of Ultron had lived on. He just put it back into a metal body and let it live on. Uh, Beyonder did that. I'm trying to think of the villains that I'd saw, I saw because I have a. Oh, there's a bunch. of them. I have a big book of all of the Secret War. So this is where I'm, this is why I'm saying this could be awesome for Marvel and Disney if they do it right. Okay, so first off, you could say everybody with a superhuman power is going to go onto this planet, right? All mm-hmm. of a sudden, prang! There is the X-Men and everyone with mutant abilities. And you could not just do X Men. You could do the New Mutants. You could do you, you could everyone have, with mutant abilities. Right? You could have Black Knight show up and Captain Britain. Uh, I'm going to go even further. You mm. could have the Fantastic Four show up. Yep. One of the major villains in the whole series is Doctor Doom. Ooh, yeah. That was... So he would have to show up on that planet as a bad guy. Was a nihilist there? A nihilist shows up. Okay. So there's, I mean. It really like it could say, I think every villain besides Galactus showed up, you know, all these people that had special powers could suddenly show up in Secret War and then you could backtrack the stories. So, like, you could have an origin stories for X-Men to explain how they ended up on the planet because here's why they're special people. Right. Like you could actually backtrack those stories. So, it's actually a cool way to backtrack some absolutely. of the Marvel stuff. Somebody pointed this out, and I had to find the video, but it was basically like Phase 4 is talking about comic tie-ins, like trying to, get to, to tie in everything. Mm-hmm. They took the Captain America suit from Falcon and Winter Soldier at the end of the series, and they put it next to the comic book of Issue 1, Captain Ma- Captain America Falcon. Right? right, It looks identical. They took the Scarlet Witch outfit, they put it next to the original Scarlet Witch outfit, in the one division where this the classic, and then the new one, which is from Marvel now, both are comic accurate. Yep. Black Widow, there's a Black Widow white suit yep. comic. Yep. They're I, going. I through. think. I think they're slowly but surely moving everything to the Secret War versions of everything that you expect. And so what they're saying is, is on top of that, they could decide to do. Well, we're going to pull from alternate timelines. Yep. So we're going to pull Spider-Man of 2099. We're going to pull Miles Morales in. We're going to pull Cat from original World War World Two. Now, and and I'm going to throw this out there because mm-hmm. now they could do it. Now you could pull out the What If series. Mm-hmm. You could throw in the Hydra Stomper. H- Hydra Stomper. C- C- uh, Captain Carter. Captain Carter. You could throw in what? Uh, what was it? The <laughs> Black Panther as Peter as Peter Quill, right? Like uh, yeah, um, ca- uh, Star Lord, T'Challa. T'Challa. But so the there's... problem is that one is T'Challa's actor's debt. Correct. But Bozeman's what they could do dead. is they could take the current Black Panther, whoever they decide that's going to be, and make them Star Lord, right? Like have them double up as Star. So there's you a could lot have of Killmonger potential there. Pop up. You can even have. Yep. Uh, Killmonger, Black Panther. So, so a lot Black, of yeah. potential there. Oh, All yeah, right, so there's, let, there's a lot of doors. Let's let's wrap this up a second, just because I want to wrap this up before we move on. Uh, so for our audience, okay, t- we're talking about mm. Spider-Man here. So we're going to rate this. So zeros, I yep. don't bother. Tens, of must see. You must go see this movie. And again, thinking in the Phase Four element. Now, you have not seen Eternals yet, so you and I are going to watch that at some point yep. here. Yep. I think that might actually change your mind a little bit, this movie, about Eternals, when you see Eternals, which I think you're going to find that there's some things that happened in this movie. I kind of wish I'd seen Spider-Man first, Eternals second. I actually think that was the original release, like the original momentum Spider-Man got delayed. Spider-Man got delayed and Eternals got delayed, and somehow I think they ended up flip-flopping. I still think if Spider-Man had come out even before Shang-Chi... I think it might have changed the way we looked at Shang-Chi. Now that I've seen Spider-Man, I'm not going back to watch Shang-Chi, and I almost want to go back and see. What I got to do at some point, I haven't had a chance to look, is see where everything lines up timeline-wise. Now that we've got these new movies, like what does that all look like? Yeah. But I I got to say, I think when you see Eternals now, you're you're going to look at Spider-Man a little bit differently, and maybe even the Eternals differently if you had not seen it prior to this. So, do you want to go first? Do you want to take this one? <clears throat> sure. Uh, I'll I'll put this at a solid a solid eight. It was really well done. There was humor at the right points. It wasn't. It was definitely those points where we could sit and watch the movie. We're watching it, and people are laughing at the right time, and mm-hmm. it's it's serious at the right time. It didn't feel. It didn't feel like Guardians, where the the comedy was forced in. Because mm-hmm. occasionally, especially on the Guardians Volume Two, they definitely felt like a like. Yeah, I feel like the writers did a bad job on that But it didn't also feel like Iron Man 1 where there was no comedy at all and it was definitely more serious take. It felt like it was balanced and it was definitely that kind of thing. Um, Having every single person in the world that knows Spider-Man movies and seeing the mainline villains coming in, I think beyond just the trailer, the first trailer dropped and we saw Ox Arm come down, then we heard the laugh and the goblin pumpkin and that's what I remember there being people who were getting so giddy and Fat Man dancing over that. Mm-hmm. Um, So that, that, that stuff being finalized, bringing a few of the Garfield villains in, even though I didn't think that we should have just said that film didn't exist, but that's okay. I liked him. It wasn't a terrible thing. I, the film was really good. I'm actually going to give this one a 9. Wow. I'm low, I, apparently. I actually thought... It was a really well-put-together Marvel movie. I started to doubt Marvel movies again. I got to be honest, after the Thanos snap, I was kind of like, What's after next? Endgame, I was kind of like, you can't beat that. What's next? There's really nothing you could do that would make me want to go, I got to go see that. Well, that's the thing. And then I went, I went and saw it Far From Home, and I was kind of like, eh. You know, and then you see Shang-Chi, eh, eh. Black Widow, eh, <sighs> right? Eternals, eh. And then you're kind of like, please, for God's sake, I'm, I'm, why do I keep going to see these movies? And then I go to see Spider-Man, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's why I go to see these movies. <laughs> these films are freaking awesome at and, times. And part of me is like, okay, so and, – and this is where I am having a hard time with this. Am I rating it that high because compared to everything rest. else that's come out in phase four, <laughs> this looks that amazing – or, it, you know, and is it just a mediocre movie? But when you compare it with the rest of Phase Four so far, you're kind of like, well, it's like the best of Phase Four, which it is. I a mean, it's a low bar to jump, right? Like, it's not that's not a high bar to get through. But <laughs> then I'm also saying, though, you know what? There's not, a, I liked everything in the movie, even the idea of bringing in the other Spider-Mans, even the idea of bringing all the other villains in, even the idea of cross putting all that stuff together mm. i i'm i i appreciate it the only thing i really my only beef with the whole movie as i told you is at the beginning why would strange honor the wish of a teenage boy and i get that, that destroys the whole, whole the movie, movie right in the entire plot but part of me is like the adult's got to be the adult and be like no Right. Like, I mean, like that's and and I get that destroys the whole movie and that destroys the whole plot. And then why have the movie? What's the point? And I know everybody's like, Chrisman, what's your problem? Like, dude, without that, you wouldn't have this cool movie you're talking about. Like, I get that. But at the same time, that's the part of the movie that doesn't make sense. It's the whole it's the Raiders of the Lost Ark thing. But you're right. I want to call it the wonderful life syndrome. Right. Where it's like if you take one aspect out of a film, does the film stand by itself? Right. And if you take one aspect out of the TV show, will the show stand? Which you know, if for those people who don't know, we're talking about Raiders of the Lost Ark. This was brought up in The Big Bang Theory, and and it's a valid point that Amy Farrah Fowler brings up. Well, it's brought up apparently online if, before that. If point. Indiana Jones never existed, would it matter? Well, if he wasn't involved in the plot. right? If, if he, he wasn't never, involved in the plot, would, would it matter? And it wouldn't have mattered because the arc still would have been found. Everything would have still happened the same way it happened. They would have happened. opened the arc. They would have opened the they arc. Their, melt- their faces. faces would have melted off, and nothing would have changed. The only thing that would have not had changed is the ending where it would have been in storage. Right, in American storage. That's right. it. That's the but only thing that wouldn't have changed. Everything, I mean, when you think about Indiana Jones, and I know there's probably people going, wait, what? <laughs> right? Like, yeah, for those I mean, else you haven't watched that. That's That's... Like just when we watched Big Bang Theory, I was like, I hate this show now because I was like, I like seriously. Well, they, the entire episode was like, a man, they, right? They <laughs> totally blew up my mind about what that was, and I just I couldn't get over that. But okay, so those were our thoughts on Spider Man Far From Home. Uh, we no, to no way home. Excuse me, there's too many homes in Spider Man. Spider-Man No Way Home. We'd love to hear from you. So, again, email us at galaxycastgmail.com. Find us on Facebook, MeWe, Twitter. We're out there. I'm soon going to have a Getter account, so look for us there. Getter. Find us on uh, Rumble. We're on Rumble as well. And I'm going to keep branching out. By the way, if you have not noticed, our GalaxyCast website, hopefully soon, is going to be ported over to a Podbean site. We're getting away from Podomatic, and we're using Podbean. Hopefully you have updated your feeds. If you have not, please head over to the Podbean website and look Gal- look up GalaxyCast um, and find us there and update your feed. And with all that, we're going to take a break here. and We're going to be back in just a little bit to talk about the next episode, at least to us, of Falcon and Winter Soldier. It's a trap! No, it's a break. But we'll be back in a moment. Here's the Star Wars X-Wing Fighter and the Star Wars TIE Fighter. Spaceships and Luke Skywalker sold separately. Batteries not included. I'll get you this time, Luke. Reactivate X-Wings! Both with flashing lights and sound. Hey, there go the solar panels. And Darth Vader got away. Force is with me. Luke Skywalker wins again. Kenner's Star Wars X-Wing Fighter, TIE Fighter and action figures all sold separately. He was born on an alien world to a technologically advanced species that were much like humans. Shortly after he is born, the planet he is born on suffers a natural cataclysm, and his scientific father realizes that no one will survive the natural disaster and decides to put his son on a small spaceship and send him to the nearby planet of Earth. Unfortunately, the ship was too small to host anyone else, So although our hero survives, his parents do not survive, and neither does anyone on his planet. The ship lands in the American countryside, and a farming couple discover that there is a child inside. The couple name the child Clark and raise the boy as if it were their own child. The boy ends up growing up in the small town of Smallville, although there is still debate as to whether Smallville is in Iowa, Kansas, or even Maryland. Even as an infant, he starts to show abilities that seem superhuman. His parents teach him to conceal his off-world origins and urge him to make sure that if he were to use his powers, he should use them for good. The alien decides to don a costume and assume an alternative identity to protect his own safety as well as the safety of his loved ones. To continue the charade, the alien avoids violent confrontation as his human self, which often gets him ridiculed, but sneaks away when danger arises to assume his super-self. There are many theories about our alien's costume. Some believe it was made out of the blankets found in his ship. Others believe his mother made it from earthly materials, but that his aura makes it indestructible. There is also debate about the symbol on his chest. Some believe it's there to represent the name of his super self, while others think it's a family crest. He does later find out that the symbol stands for hope in his alien language. Clark grows up and eventually moves away from the town of Smallville and adopts his parents' last name of Kent as his own. He moves to to Metropolis and starts to work as a journalist at the infamous newspaper, The Daily Planet. The job that Clark Joseph Kent adopts at The Daily Planet helps him to be at the right place at the right time. He can cover the stories up close and personal and then don the clothes of his alter ego and arrive on scene just in time to save the day. As his alter ego's super self, our hero dies and is revived several times over. But his super-powered bad-guy enemies do discover that a mineral from his planet, known as Kryptonite, is his one true adversary. When held near him, it robs our hero of his powers and instantly weakens him. He does maintain a separate residence maintained in the Arctic North, where he stores all his alien technology and confers with remnants of his homeworld. This home is often referred to as his Fortress of Solitude. Our hero has maintained many powers. One is his strength, which he has demonstrated by lifting cars, breaking chains, and even crushing coal into diamonds. His body is invulnerable and can even deflect bullets and a nuclear bomb. At first he could travel by leaping far distances, but eventually he learns to fly, which makes traveling much easier. The symbol on his chest is an S, and by now, you know we are talking about Superman, truth, justice, and the American way. And now you know the rest of the Galaxy Cast story. Do you own a business or a podcast? Are you looking for ways to expand the audience you reach? Then Star Productions could help you. Southern Tier Audio Recording Productions started off as a homegrown audio recording company, offering professional recordings for aspiring musicians. It is now a multifunctional business, offering DJ services, recording, and advertising services to those who own businesses and podcasts. Email us at galaxycast at gmail.com with the subject advertising if you are interested. We look forward to creating a professional commercial for you, that can be used in this podcast or even at your local radio station. Many have exclaimed that our services are out of this world. Welcome back to the Galaxy Cast. Roger, 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 roger. Hey, folks, welcome back to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. Hello. As we review season one, episode four of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, titled The Whole World is Watching. And man, was the whole world watching. Oh, yeah, especially at the end. All right, so let's go through the plot. This is probably the most controversial episode, I think, yet of this show when it aired. It, it walks with its line between dealing with socialistic ideas and dealing with supremacy. Yep, I do. I think it does. And so, it, and, it, and I think it handled it quite well. Yeah, well, we'll talk about that. So, Bucky Barnes is confronted by A- A.O. Is it A.O. Is that how you pronounce it? A.O. or I.O. I-O I never I can remember. I think it's A.O. It, they're always confusing. Of, of the, and this is the first time I heard it said. So now I know how to say it. The Dora Milaje. You never heard it said? No, not out loud. <laughs> So it was always written in the comic books, and I was like uh, Dora Milaje, like or I Dora Milaje. Yeah, <laughs> like, I never knew yeah. how to pronounce it. All right. Yeah. so the Dora Milaje has who has come for Helmet Zemo, the terrorist that killed their king Chaka. Chaka. Now, I, I, what? What are you laughing at? <laughs> well, I could have said Boom Shakalaka. I it's thought it was interesting that they they put here that it's Hel- Helmut Zemo, right? Like it's not Air Baron Zemo. It's, it's Helmut Helmut Zemo,
1: and we so they're it? helmet like
0: they're here because Zemo killed Tachaka, which I I think is interesting that you know they they've been paying attention to him that much, right? Yep. Well, they they still, um something about the laws and the Great Shame. She yeah. said that. Yep. Thick accents. Yep. So, as Barnes broke Zemo out of prison to help him find the terrorist group, the Flag Smashers, Io gives Barnes eight hours to use Zemo before the Wakandans come for him. So, mm-hmm. they're kind of on a clock. You know, like the time's ticking. <laughs> time's ticking. Yeah, yeah. I was waiting for a couple of times for somebody to be like, uh, watch. Oh, no, 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 no. Just the 24 hour. Dude. Yeah. Dude. Dude. <laughs> yeah yeah it kind of felt like a 24 right like yeah like there was an eight hour version of 24 hour in this episode so Barnes Zemo and Sam Wilson investigate a camp in Latvia where flag smash flag smasher sympathizers are housing and teaching people that were displaced when half of all life returned from the blip yeah and you have this weird reaction where he's like coming down hallways. uh can I talk to you can I uh, Like shutting doors on him mm-hmm. kind of felt like a, a I only think of the Looney Tunes commercial where, or the cartoon did, where it's the bull chasing Okay, scene. so first off, did you pay attention where they're at? What country are they in? Germany? They're in Latvia. Are we trying to say it's Latveria? I'm wondering. I don't right? think so, because... Now, now, here's where it gets really weird. Notice that Zemo had a nice conversation with the child for several minutes? Yeah. Without anybody else around? What if that child is a friend of, oh, I don't know, a Latvian guy who might be in charge that's trying to give Helmut Zemo some information that, you know, maybe, oh, you're going to give me this. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I just found it weird because, I'm going to say this, he runs up, he's like, blah, blah, black sheep. Like, the way he says, it was uh, creepy. Yes, yes, sir, yes, sir, just felt forced. It was creepy. But I also, th- I mean, think about it, too. He's also got what in his pocket. Did you pay attention? He, he has... There's Turkish delight, right? Turkish like, Delights. right, like, so, like, I'm kind of like, i fine right. with that portion of it. I this, figured the out the only like, way you could have made this creepier is if he pulled up in a white unmarked van and was like, "Hey kids, come look at my balloons," you know? Like, I mean, like, seriously, hello it Georgie, that, do you it, want a candy? Right? Like, it had a really <laughs> creepy vibe to it, but I thought it was kind of cool the way they did it. They really kind of like played off the Zemo weird vibe, which I thought was good. It was, a, it was a cool scene. It just felt forced to do that. Uh, the yes sir to be English. Oh no 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 no! I think. I think that was on purpose. Oh, I do. My. So Zemo discovers where a memorial service is being held for Dania Madani, the adoptive mother of Flag Smashers leader, Carly Morgenthau. Morgenthal. R- All I know is, is it's the same. Ch- I keep mistaking her for the character in Solo. Well, it is the same girl. You know that, <laughs> same right? Cor- same girl and same character idea. You're right. It is kind of. This- You're right. It's, it's, she's she's kind of. Yeah. Hmm. It's kind of like when you look. She's been kind of typecast, hasn't she, yeah, I guess? Yeah. Well, the girl from Cobra Kai, real yep. blonde haired, yep, who kicks. Uh, forgetting her name, she's on a show in Disney Channel. Yeah, and I remember watching it. She's a spoiled brat who doesn't get any. If she doesn't get her way, she complains and does nothing. No. Oh. So, so there's a typecasting for her too. Bingo. The only thing is, is the difference between her and. Are you trying to say females get shoved into the same roles all the time? I'm what trying to trying say- to say. I'm trying to say that just because she can kick and beat people's butts does not make her a strong female character. Mm. Yes. Yeah, you haven't figured that out yet, that only I'm female be- characters I that swear can kick a s- guy's rear end is a strong I swear female the character. Seat, the seat is poisoning the mind of me. I'm becoming Gary. What ha- okay, but no, I, <laughs> no, and I do have an honest question here, so you're bringing something up that we could talk about real quick. Mm-hmm. What happened to strong female characters? And what I'm saying is, think back to the days of Princess Leia, right? Somebody's got to save her skins. <laughs> well, right. So Leia is a strong character without having to kick a single person's rear end. She's Not, just she she's just smart have... and resourceful. In right. What she she's needs smart to do. and resourceful and does what needs to be done to get the job done. Right. Mm-hmm. Why all of a sudden do all of the females? And I'm talking about this show too. Suddenly have to be on par, like physically on par with Captain America and the Falcon and everybody. Why? Well, I'm sorry. I'm just being realistic. Women cannot be on par with guys. I'm just physically because, being realistic Because here. saying that's a triggering thing, and you just get the people uh, who just sit please. there screaming in the street Women that are Women cannot fight like guys can. We have twice the strength of a woman. It's just the reality. Even fat old me, I'm sorry, <laughs> is going to have a little more strength than the average chick. I'm sorry. It's the truth. It's just the. It's just the. It's the I wasn't going to call you fat. I was just. Gonna oh, I'll call, call myself a fat. I so was going to call you chubby. Okay, fine. For chubby a- old me <laughs> could actually beat an average woman. Why? Because I'm going to be stronger. I'm a guy. It's in my genetic DNA. Well, they're saying that females can not. They're more acrobatic. Therefore, they could be able to find a pressure point or weakness. You I go, can flip around all you want. I can still grab your toe and whip you around the room. Uh, and just you know, I can, it, I can grab you by your nipples and say, come in Tokyo. Ah, uh, Whoa. OK. <laughs> That's a little extreme. All right. OK. Sorry. So going on. <laughs> He, we're talking about Zemo, Wilson, and Barnes are confronted by John Walker, Captain America, and his partner, Lamar Hoskins. Oh, this is like. Well, I love how they put that, too. That the, the way Jacob- to go, Wikipedia. John Walker <laughs> slash Captain America. I'm sorry, as Pick of right one. now, you Pick might not one. like it, but Pick John Walker one. is Captain America and his partner, Lamar Hoskins, who Wilson convinces to let him speak to Morgenthau alone. Well, which. With, I was, with I, Lamar's help, because right. Lamar kind of came in. Yeah. And I understood why Wilson wanted to go talk to her alone. I actually understood that He's trying He's trying to convince her that killing people isn't going to solve anything. It's Did, just going to continue the So let the me crisis. ask you a question, just before we even go on in the plot here. Do you think if Wilson had continued his discussion with Morgenthau without the interruption, she would have really changed her ways? A little bit. I don't think she would have. There was a second right before he she walked in where he says, what you're doing doesn't solve things. The way you are fighting right now isn't the way she wants to fight. And you saw a look on her face. I get it. I, I think It, he like got it her to th- almost got her to think. I, I think you he got her to think about it. But I'm going to go back to our initial conversation earlier in the same podcast. Evil people are going to be evil. That- Morgenthau, I think, deep down, is an evil person. And she has one thing on the brain and one thing only and that is she wants to make up for the blip, right? Like, that's, that's her thing. Well, no, she wants to stop being treated like an outcast and, and people telling them well, because of? Because uh, of the blip, because because people came back. They're like, well, that's my home. It was my home before the blip. Well, you're not living there anymore, so now they're kicking people off people's property to re-give it back to other But people. you could so, understand where people would feel that way, oh, right? Oh, I absolutely understand the whole, I can see both sides of the argument. Correct. It doesn't make any one of the sides better than the other. But I do think there is a middle ground, but I don't think you're going to get Morgan thought to see that. That's the problem. She is blinded. Her her evil, whatever you want to call it, there is rage that has blinded her to what could be a possible solution. I mean, that's just the truth. So, yep. going on on. Yep. Wilson attempts to persuade her to change her violent methods, but is interrupted by an impatient walker leading to a fight. Yeah, he... I love how Bucky stands there and puts his hand just on the chest and says, "It's not been ten minutes." Right. And the look Walker gives him, as much as I hate Walker, is precisely a military look. It is a look of an officer looking at you, going, "What? The th- what do you think you're doing?" Well, and, and again, remember Walker's background. Walker's here. a background. He's a, what is he? He's a he marine is, or is he army? No, no he's he. Well, okay. He's Green Beret, really, if, if my understanding is correct here of what okay. they're, they're portraying him, which is upper, like, it's the Navy SEALs of the Army, okay? okay? So he's never had anybody question him. He's never had anybody tell him to wait. <laughs> I'm just being honest here. Oh, okay. So, so he's, a Green Beret. Used to, he's used to being in charge you're, of the right, situation. Right, you're used to giving the orders, not taking them. Okay? I was wondering why he's pacing during the 10-minute. No, why not just take the helmet off? Because in his world, take a breath. everything is Act. Okay, and, and uh, I'm talking about Green Berets. When you get sent uh, into a situation as a Green Beret, that's, it's act. You're never going to make a Navy SEAL stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. If they get an order, they're going in. They're going in, and uh, they're using every tool they have, and they're not going to stop till the— I, I till wasn't the, following that thought process. Right. I'm kind of like, Lamar's over there yeah, practically I get it. sitting down chilling. Why can't Cause, Cap? Because I don't— I don't know if Lamar was in the Green Berets. I get the impression, I I might be wrong on this, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure he was a Green Beret, so I think that's why he's in that mode, okay? Anyway, so Zemo shoots Morgenthau, causing her to drop vials of Super Soldier Serum, which begin to smash. Now, you talked about this a little bit. Like, why is Zemo so intent on the super soldier serum? Yeah, why is he anti-serum? That's the one portion I can't figure out. I think this is where a lot of people are confused about Zemo's motivations behind his involvement in everything. First off, in the Marvel Universe, if I am understanding everything correctly that I've watched, seen, and interpreted, there are only two people who have successfully joined with their super soldier serum. The one would obviously be Steve Rogers. Steve Rogers, Captain America. The other one that I don't think a lot of people knew is that Zemo himself is being enhanced by a German version of the Super Soldier Serum. Now, his version worked. Remember versus versus the Red, Red Skull's skull. version, which did not work, so Zemo would not exist were it not for the Red Skull. A lot because of people forget Ershkins that didn't finish the one for Red Skull. Correct, but he did finish the one that Zemo ended up using. And you saying that and going on based on every other evidence in this video or this mm-hmm. particular episode talking about gods amongst men. Yep, and that they cannot exist. Correct, kind of makes me feel more like okay, so he's just anti-Red Skull, right? He understood and He understood and like respected Steve Rogers. Correct, but he did not respect. He did not respect Red Skull. He did not respect Red Skull because Skull just took it to the extreme and saying that they have left humanity behind. Correct. That he thought he was the next level of evolution, as it were, and Zemo never sees himself as that. Which is also really bizarre because that's what Magneto used to talk about. Yes. And he I think he kinda still does in the comics, but Yeah, he does. It's it, it's okay, the... so it's and remember in the X Men world versus the Avengers world, there's parallels, right? Yep. So the parallels here are really Red Skull is a parallel to Magneto. They they think the same way. Okay. So there's a lot of parallels there. I just written by and it's ironic, right? Written by different writers, but mm-hmm. running down the same path. It's it, it is. Yep. It is it's exactly that. And remember, you know, Magneto started during the Holocaust, right? Yeah, he was a Jew that was trying to escape, or rather, trying not to be killed. <laughs> Correct. So now, then, now think about the X Men. What are the X Men kind of about? Survivors of World War II. Well, well, yeah, to an ex- to an extent, okay. So, well, right. Uh, sorry, the Holocaust. i, I going back to the um, Red Skull. Sorry, that's the the one I wanted to compare it Fair to. Enough. So, so Red Skull's on the other side of what? Well, the, the other side of World War Two, he's, right? He's, the Holocaust. He's... So it's, so what they're doing is they're showing you parallels, right? Mm-hmm. So in the good guy side of of the Holocaust, is the same mentality that's on the bad guy side of the Holocaust. Have you ever thought about that? Like Marvel is actually showing you, there's parallel mentalities on both sides of the aisle. No, I did not see that actually. So yes, yeah. So it is like like I said, everybody rags on comic books because they think, oh, they're these, you know, cheap, you know, whatever books. But Mm. they are they are high convoluted and they get you to think about the upper upper level thought processes behind things and try to get you to look at both sides of a coin, right? Mm. All right, so going on. So that I just want to explain that quick, like why you why you think Zemo might be anti-super soldier serum. I really think in Zemo's mind, he needs to get rid of the super soldier serum so that he's the only one left. With the super soldier serum, because what does that make him a survivor and a better example? He's the better example, he's the survivor, and now his blood is the only blood that has super soldier serum in it. And he would never give it up to anyone, right? So he can control it, right? So, Mm -hmm. all right, so going on, Walker stops Zemo and retrieves a single remaining vial while Morgenthau escapes. He straight up hits this guy in the head. So, what do you think happens to that vial? Well, he packets it. So later on in the episode, we start seeing him do some crazy, super like. Right. Oh, he throws a guy through a door down a so, stair into. A who do you think actually he took it? The, he, he took it. it. We know he took it. He had to take it. He had to have taken it. So going on, I.O. and the Dora Milaje come for Zemo, but Walker refuses to hand him over. <laughs> greatest fight scene ever, by the way. Absolutely greatest fight scene. They walk in. He just turns around. Hi, John Walker. Yeah, John Cap- Walker. Captain America. <laughs> The one captain just looks at him and blinks. I just thought That's it was like, it. What, no, what did you think you were going to do? You were going to somehow charm these women into not beating the crap out of you? Good luck. Well, I love how even even uh, um, Sam looks at him and goes, you'd probably want to fight Bucky before you want to fight the yeah, Dora right. Milaje. Oh, well, they don't have jurisdiction. The jurisdiction of the Dora Milaje is wherever the jurisdiction of the Dora Milaje is. And he so. just goes... Well then, <laughs> in the ensuing fight, Walker is humiliated. That's a downplay. While Zemo down play. escapes, Walker later discusses the super soldier serum with Hoskins, who suggests that Walker will always make the right decision and would be able to save lives if he had taken it. Well, hang on, we skipped over the fact that uh, the Dora Milagia just straight up disarmed Bucky. Wait! Oh yeah, that was kind of funny. Disarm Bucky! I am not literally, kidding. literally <laughs> disarmed. him. Just like his arm just goes. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was funny, and it, and it was I? I think what's interesting about that whole scene, though, is not just that they did it, but that Bucky didn't know they could. <laughs> the look that he gave, the was look like, he gave, was like, what? "Holy crap! How did you know how to do that?" Like, also, yeah. hey, <laughs> yeah. So it's <That's> my arm. <laughs> I, I, this conversation, I do think, is important here. Walker later discusses the super soldier serum with Hoskins. Who suggests that Walker will always make the right decision and would be able to save lives if he had taken it? Well, he kind of. So, do you think Walker's taken it by that point yet? Possibly. I think he has. I think think he's already taken it. I think he takes it right after that. No, I think he takes it right just before that, and now he's looking at Hoskins to be like, "Yeah, dude, you did the right thing." Yeah, he's looking. Well, we even have Hoskins kind of parallels. um, Who is the doctor? Erskine's, Erskine's, yeah. It kind of parallels the uh, the Erskine's comments yep. in the first Avengers movie. Good gets made to great, but bad gets made to worse. Right, you become says, more of yourself. And he it, says it just amplifies whatever's in your heart. Right, yeah. Like that's that's what he's saying. And I think and, and that's what, what he's Erskins saying. Erskine said. And the parallel to what um, Battlestar says because yep. I keep remembering that's Battlestar um, are almost parallels, but I feel like the conversation wasn't in-depth enough so that it kind of led to this conversation being. So Morgenthau plans to divide the group and threatens Wilson's sister, Sarah, and her family to lure him. By the way, that works really well. Oh, yeah. And Barnes to a meeting. Meanwhile, Walker and Hoskins attack the other Flag Smashers. I don't know why it is, but when stories like threaten sisters, it's kind of like it hits home for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> I, I've never had I a have... sister, but I can imagine if I had one. Man, you better not touch her. Okay, Wilson and Barnes rush to find them, leading to another fight, wherein Wilson realizes that Walker has taken the serum. Hey, look at that! They say that right here. <laughs> no, on you Wikipedia. have an Oh, you have an, Oh, crap! Moment like quite. Well, literally. when he can take a pipe and crush it flat. Well, I no. You first see him think throw, he throw him down, down the stairs. Sodium. He hits a metal box. Well, and, the and box they're also dense. making these. Crap Crazy jumps out of places. I mean, like you can't even run around. And what's what's the what's the thing when you jump from place to place? Parkour. Yeah, you can't go parkour like that. I'm like, (laughs) if you parkour like that, you're gonna die. Okay, I'm sorry. Parkour. uh, Okay, like that's what it's gonna (laughs) jump into. This guy's parkouring in a way that you cannot parkour like that ever. Okay. (laughs) So Morgenthau follows Wilson Barnes and joins the fight, accidentally killing Hoskins. Oh yeah, basically kicks him into a pole and snaps his neck. I don't when, think that was an accident, though. Do when Stacy stopped. well, no, she was trying to get him away from him. He, she, she had said her target is Captain America. I get it, but I don't think that was an accident. I don't think it was. I think I really think she she knew by going after Hoskins she would enrage him. I don't think that was the intent. No. I do, but that's my personal. No, because the look she gave when Hoskins' head kept falling over and didn't stay up was not a sign of. So, how do you think Hoskins died? Do you think they snapped his neck? No, the kick pushed him all the way back, broke his spine, and because of that, reverted out of head and snapped his neck. Mm. I cheer for. I I think the pull snapped his neck, but the force of her hitting him. Yeah, it was essentially what Gwen Stacy had to deal with. Kind of falling down. Yep. Enraged by his friend's death, Walker chases down one of the Flag Smashers, Nico, and uses his shield to violently beat him to death. With Nico's blood on the shield, Walker realizes that he is surrounded by horrified bystanders who have filmed his actions, including Wilson, Barnes, and Morgenthau. I was waiting for, at least for a little bit of the scene, for him to pull the bouncing the shield back and forth off of him, like, continually. I really, I'll tell you what, when I saw the scene, I kind of was like, holy crap, every woke person is going to lose their mind. And I think they and did online. within five minutes, I'm scrolling through Facebook going, yep, every woke person just lost their damn mind. Captain America doesn't kill. Captain right. America doesn't oh kill. Oh my gosh. And I was just like, okay, again, people. All right, cat. so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to approach this last scene with a two-fold thought process here. Okay? Mm-hmm. First off. People who, and and I'm going to be honest, on one of these levels, I kind of understand. On the other one, I've never experienced it, so I can't tell you. People who've lost a loved one or a friend or, I'll even say this, a teammate in wartime situations will never understand the anguish you experience when you go through that. There, There is a mental... Breakdown that happens with people who go through that. And I don't think that person, whoever goes through that, is ever the same ever again. I'm talking about mentally, emotionally, physically, all that stuff. Uh, And the other side of it, and I understand this one a little bit, is the PTSD, okay? So I'm saying that Walker is suffering from a version of PTSD. There is no doubt about it. Everybody knows it, right? But we're all trying to act like, well, he just shouldn't, react that way right well people with ptsd they don't understand that the claim i was reading online a couple of them was like no soldier goes to that extreme i disagree Uh, and i i kind of said no that that's incorrect of your viewpoint people there are people in world war ii who in an overreaction to something did things that were absolutely grotesque and and the one thing that comes to my mind, and I'm I'm not going to say – I don't want to get too far into this story, but my grandfather remembers a guy who had a – so he was in um, the tanker – well, he was in what was the armored division, mm-hmm. drove tanks. He was in a tank where everybody in the tank got killed by a group of panzers, okay? He ended up being in another crew. They ended up attacking the same group of panzers themselves. They stopped a tank. They blew it up. The guys are coming out of the tank. Now, they could have captured these guys. They could have, you know, sent them to a camp or whatever. Mm. This guy walked up and pulled out his six-shooter and shot four of them in the head, took one aside, beat the crap out of him till he was bloody in the face. And the sixth one he put in front of the tank and rolled over the guy. Damn. Thing. the weird thing was my grandfather said nobody in the unit said anything about the guy doing it because they knew this was personal well this was payback from whatever happened to this guy that's not normal people don't normally do that no, people normally can rationalize right when you have PTSD like that you can't and so i really think in in this case Walker was enraged to the point that I think a version of PTSD kicked in and he was enraged so much he didn't even pay attention to the fact that people are standing around with him with cameras because he just didn't care. Um, You know, he had lost all. I think he lost sense of of reality and he was in his his military world and he was that was payback for killing somebody. Now, I get it. It's it's extreme. But I'm going to be honest with you. And this is the part where I'm like, people didn't understand. This show is not meant for kids. No. The comic book was not meant for kids. No. I'm being honest with you. So when people are like, oh, my gosh, my kid watched this, my 12-year-old, and he's, like, devastated. And I'm like, why is your 12-year-old watching this? They shouldn't be watching this. They, they shouldn't be watching s- any of this. Scroll up. I think there's a rating on the show. Uh, I don't think there is a rating on TV shows, unfortunately. I, I do believe it's actually been popping up in the top left-hand corner for, like, a rating. I think it's been saving TV... MA or TV. Well, it might be yeah. on the TV screen. It's probably saying TV MA for Disney+. Plus, yeah. And they're just warning you that there's going to be violence, blah, blah, blah. They're required to do that by law. But it's not like... See, now this is something I think should be discussed at some point. I think there should be a TV rating system, kind of like movies. Why not start rating TV shows G, PG, they do. PG-13 R? No, they don't. They don't rate them. They <laughs> give you the... These are mature TV MA, right? And yeah. then they list off sex, violence, language, right? They're but they F- don't really give you a rating system. The FCC has that regulation system in. Well, if it's there, it should be used more. The- How about you start the TV show with, this TV show is rated R. You know, it pops viewer up discretion in the upper advice. right-hand corner. It's Every- not enough. I'm sorry. I know it's, it's not, not enough, enough, but the FCC can't do anything more. Yes, they can. You they really can. want more government oversight or a? TV no, no, no. Program. What I'm saying is, at the beginning of the TV show, these TV shows rated R listed off, and I get what you're saying, but having it in a small upper left hand corner is not enough. Certain channels for an are adult. required to do it. Fox does it before certain shows, you but see it before Hell's Kitchen. Ah, you're right. But what I'm trying to tell you is, it's not enough. Okay, it's not enough. It's not enough. Oh, I agree that's not, not enough. But I also feel like it's on the parents too. You're right. Parents need to be. But to let's face it. shows. Let's face it. Parents aren't doing that. Okay. So <laughs> let, let's go ahead and rate this episode. So again, just based on just this episode. So mm-hmm. it's going to be kind of hard. Can't draw things, other things in. Okay. Yeah. So uh, yeah. you want to go first. You went first last time. Yeah, so I'll go, go first this time. I went first for the movie segment. So I, I'll rate this episode. I'm actually going to give this one a higher rating than a lot of the. the I, I will give this one like an eight. Uh, there was a lot of cool things happening here. Although I will say this, there were there were some moments where I was like, "Oh my gosh, stop talking!" Like, lot, it got preachy in the middle, and I was like, "I don't yeah. need to be preached at." That's probably why it's not a nine premier Ten. The conversation between Morgenthau and Wilson drew my score down. Yeah, I'll it agree with you. It was sitting at a nine. For most of the rest of the episode, yeah, and then that part was just kind of like that okay, part this is it overkill. Just felt weird. I also felt like the the discussion at the cemetery between her and what was the guy's name, the Nico. guy that got killed, Nico, Nico. Yeah, that was unnecessary. I, I felt like that was a little too over the top. Yeah, my a little grandfather fought Nazis. I'm like, weird flex, bro. Weird flex. Yeah, weird yeah flex. right. Like, why, <laughs> why did we have to go there? But okay, if that makes you feel better, good for you. I don't know that that part, but I thought all the fight scenes were good. So I liked the the, I liked the choreographing, right? The choreography. I liked the animosity between the Wakandans and Walker. I liked. It sounds weird, but I liked that Walker reacted the way he did because Hoskins got killed. That felt realistic, right? Mm -hmm. I like how Zemo played his role. He was a dastardly, even little bastard throughout the whole thing and he was and supposed he pulls to pulls a straight up Batman into the bathroom and then right. he disappears down the sewer. And perfect, right? Like and that's yep. that's a Zemo thing to do, right? I thought Sam and Bucky played their roles well. I actually got to know Morgenthau better through this episode. I kind of liked that. So there was a lot of things I really liked. Like I said, there were just a couple times where it was just kind of like the dialogue. Like, can we stop talking and get back to this show? You know, this is like a little too preachy at times. That's all. But the rest of it was good. Yeah. I'm, my, my scores were on the, around an eight. Okay. Pretty much the same thing as you're saying. It's kind of like I don't need the philosophy and government I took high school. Right. <laughs> and the conversation here is just about as quantified and qualified as that conversation. Like watching paint dry on the wall. The conversation in my high school class was guns or no guns or should police be wearing body cams or not. And this conversation felt as, as educated as a high schooler talking about either one of them. Right. Wilson, shield or no shield? <laughs> it's kind of the same thing, right? <laughs> You get my point, and I can meme this like the the black guy who's like points out the stupid things on uh, right, the yes, five yeah, minute videos yeah, where yeah. it's like you could just do this and it's simpler. How to open your door, and he's like, click open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can agree with that. Yeah. All right. So, those are yeah. our thoughts. We both were kind of at an eight. So, it sounds like we were in agreement here on the Falcon yeah. and Winter Soldier. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Again, you can email us at galaxycast at gmail.com. Find us on MeWe, Twitter, Facebook, all those good places. We're going to soon be on Getter. We're on YouTube. We're on Rumble. We are branching out everywhere. So We're putting our name out there everywhere, man. We are. So, with all that said, we'd love to hear from you because you are what drives this podcast to continue. I know we've been a little sporadic. I apologize for that. We're gonna to try to get better about being a little more uh, consistent it's, with our it's, episodes. It's my fault. But it's not just your fault, dude. Life happens, and yeah, we're gonna well. continue to fight that and fight back against COVID. Because that's what we should do, Bro. and and have our podcast continue on. So, with all of that said, as we like to say here in the Star Production Studios, may the force be with, with those who listen. listen to Jedi Killer Dilly and Shatterpoints. Just to screw with that. Go. on. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this episode of the Galaxy Cast. We hope the show enlightened you on some of the latest stories in the realms of science fiction, fantasy, and cosplay. We appreciate your time and we also value your opinion. We'd love to hear from you. Please take some time to send us your feedback at our email which is galaxycast at gmail.com or you can contact us via social media. Just head on over to Facebook or Twitter and search the word GalaxyCast, all one word, and leave us some comments. If you want to see some behind-the-scenes of our production, head on over to YouTube and search GalaxyCast there as well. You will find us under our Star Productions banner. The GalaxyCast podcast can also be found online at GalaxyCast.com. Or through your podcast aggregators like the Apple Store or Spotify. The Galaxy Cast is a production by Star Productions. Themed commercials within this episode are also written and produced by Bob Christman through Star Productions, all rights reserved. Music from the intro and outro of The Galaxy Cast can be found online at www.silvermansound.com. Intro music is titled Switch Me On, and outro music is titled The Gatekeepers. You can find links in our show notes. Until next time, GalaxyCast fans, follow the first star to the right and straight on till morning.